0: This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Second United Methodist Church, October 23rd, 2022. The message is, How Will You Measure Your Life? 2. Based on 1 Timothy 6, 17-19 and Luke 12, 13-21. Let us pray. Loving gracious God, You know you are here with us this morning. You know where we are coming from and what is going on in our lives. Even when we are not able to pray with our own words, You know what's in our hearts. And your Holy Spirit within us, groaning within us, interceding for us and praying for us. So, O God, we invite your Holy Spirit into our heart, into our lives. As we listen to the words of Scripture, speak to our hearts. lives so that we could grow as the disciples of Jesus Christ. Open our hearts and minds and teach us your way. We pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So a couple of months ago, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who studied um, in a seminary with me. He is two-year-old than me, and we are like brothers. You know, we keep in touch with each other since I left Atlanta back in 2007. And we keep in touch. We pray for each other when things come up. He was pastoring um, for more than 12 years in a congregation. But then he stopped serving as a pastor due to all the stresses and demands in ministry and he recently called me and said that he started a new job as a financial advisor a person who provides financial advice and services to people based on their financial situation so from pastor to a financial advisor that's a quite a stretch right the big difference but he found this new job uh, meaningful, fulfilling and rewarding because he, he's been there and he understands how much help um, you need in those circumstances. He understands it because he, he himself went through the economic or financial challenges and hardship as he was um, in ministry. As we were having a conversation, uh, he corrected uh, my misunderstanding, misconception about an investment. And, you know, the misconception that you only need a financial advisor if you have a lot of money to invest. He challenged me to develop short term and long term goals, financial goals, as he shared with me some helpful tips as a financial advisor. Those of you who uh, have ever thought financial or investment council would know that there is a document called IPS. Has anybody heard of, the, of, the, of this term, IPS? The IPS refers to investment policy statement, investment policy statement. It's an agreement drafted between a financial advisor and a client that outlines your investment goals, objectives, strategies, or measures used to monitor performance. So in other words, whether the portfolio is on the right track. I believe that as a disciple of Christ, each of us is called to develop our own investment policy statement in our relationship with God. And you are not just the client there. You are actually the investor. As a provider, God grants us an abundance of resources and calls us to to live as a steward of God, the manager. You know, our world economy runs on a scarcity principle, the idea that our resources are limited. So what our world constantly pushes us to do is to make decisions on how best to allocate the resources we have in order to satisfy our needs as many ones as possible. Whether you recognize it or not, we're investing our limited resources, our time, our energy, our money, financial resources in something that we believe matters. We're all ambassadors in this regard, and this means each of us, each of us has our own IPS, which is unwritten working document that we carry with us all the time without realizing it. Last Sunday, as we embarked on our stewardship program, How Will You Measure Your Life? I mentioned Clayton Christensen, the Harvard professor, and his book, How Will You Measure Your Life? And how the criteria we value most shape our everyday lives and who we really become. Think about what really shapes how you spend your time, attention, and resources. When we measure our life, it will be those seemingly small but very real criteria that shape our life our decisions about how we spend our energy our money and by that you are making a statement making a statement about what really matters to you this morning i want to invite you to consider what kind of ips investment policy statement you have now as a christian i'm speaking speaking of this in a spiritual sense not just in a financial sense what does the unwritten statement say about your preference, your life goals, your priorities, your commitment, or your concern about the future? What kind of IPS have you developed through the different seasons of your, of your life, in good times and tough ones? If you have made any, cha- made any changes in your IPS over the years, what caused that change? As we continue to engage in this new sermon series, we come to the second way that people tend to measure their lives. Last Sunday, we talked about we measure, as Christians, we measure our life by how we love, who we love. And today, we come to the second way that people tend to measure their lives and how we as a Christian should measure our lives Living in this capitalistic society, we are often forced to measure our lives by how much we own and earn. And in today's gospel story, we hear Jesus' response to it. You know, It was a simple story, story of a rich farmer reaping a large crop. And he thought of nothing but how to keep it all. He wanted to add it to his already abundant supply. He was observed with earthly wealth. He forgot that when life ended, none of it would be of any use to him. Jesus knew better and urged his hearers to become, reach toward God. In this parable, Jesus makes it clear why this farmer was called foolish by God. The wisdom in Jesus' story is that he's foolish To live as if the point of working and earning money is is simply to accumulate more wealth and more money. But it's wise to be reached toward heaven, reached toward God, to use our wealth for a larger purpose than our own satisfaction. This story also reminds us that it is foolish to live as if we are defined by how much we own how much we earn, but it's wise to keep a wider perspective on wealth, our earning. It's foolish to manage money with no reference to God, but it's wise to manage them as a steward of God in response to God's calling. So what does it mean to be a wise steward of God? How can we grow, reach toward God as God's steward? I would like to share three uh, practical uh, tips. It's called the IPS. I talked about investment policy statement. It's the same word, but different, but with different words. You know, I, you know how much I love acronyms, and I was so glad to find this um, acronym as I was preparing, preparing for this sermon. Um, so, the first I represents invest in the lives of children or grandchildren or next generation of disciples in our church. The financial advisors would remind you that between the cost of higher education or education and housing, your child could use a little help when they leave the nest if you save, if you invest in their lives. That means you've got to find a way to save and invest in the future of your children, giving your money a chance to grow. But as Christians, the investment in the lives of children is not just a financial matter. It is also a spiritual matter that calls us to invest in the faith of our children, grandchildren, and young and new disciples in our community. And that's what we talked about last month during our sermon series, God in the Kitchen. We talked about the importance of feeding our children, grandchildren, spiritually, right, and the importance of, of pass along our faith, our faith recipes to them, so they can continue to grow as the disciples of Jesus Christ. For the last few Sundays, I was so thrilled and glad to see our Sunday school classroom. Our wrestling room was uh, filled with um, Sunday school children who came back after the pandemic. You know, they were learning about Jesus. They were talking about, you know, who our God is. I was so thrilled. I, I was so thrilled to see that excitement and joy in that classroom. And I was grateful to our... Sunday school children, their parents, also our Sunday school teachers, for their commitment to come and grow in faith. And that's what it means to be a wise steward of God in in our relationship with our children. You've got to invest in the life and faith of your children. First, invest in the life and faith of your children, grandchildren, young disciples. Secondly, the second P represents plan retirement. Plan retirement. Every financial advisor would stress the importance of saving money for the future and planning retirement early. You gotta start early. According to the recent statistics, approximately 48% of people over age 55 in the US have no retirement savings for a variety of different reasons. But changing economic circumstances, it's getting harder to access retirement benefit. So financial advisors advise that individuals must plan ahead for their retirement. Yes, financial planning matters as you plan for retirement. However, it's not the whole picture of your retirement planning. I remember hearing a story of a woman who retired her uh, from her job. As a professional woman, she worked really hard to put herself in a financially stable and secure condition after her retirement. And being certain she would be financially fine and and secure, she thought she was well-prepared for her retirement. But what she realized later was that retirement was quite different from her summer vacation, you know, with all, the, uh, all these adjustments and transitions and changes that uh, uh, she had to make. She felt totally unprepared for the emotional, spiritual challenges she had faced after her retirement years. Even though she devoted a great deal of attention to being certain about her finance, it didn't take so long for her to realize that financial security wasn't the whole story. In today's gospel reading, Jesus tells a story of a rich farmer. Again, the land of his farmer began to produce a surplus crop. And he was already wealthy and prosperous with an abundance of crops. So he started with more than he needed and ended up with more than his barns could contain. So what would the already prosperous farmer do with this surplus prosperity? What would you do if you were, if you were the farmer in this story? I want you to pay attention to his response in pay, uh, verse 17. You see your bullets in the scripture passages available. The verse 17, this rich farmer thought to himself, in other words, this conversation in the story took place inside of his head. In message, the Bible version message, it goes like this: What can I do? What can I do? What my barn isn't big enough for this harvest?" Then he said, "Here's what I will do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones, and I will gather in all my grain and goods. I'll say to myself, "You've done well." You've got it made. You can now retire. Take it easy and have the time of your life. Do you see what's happening in this internal dialogue, friends? This rich man is making his retirement plan. From a contemporary financial perspective, some of you might wonder what's wrong with this approach. You know, he's just saving his extra crops for his future as part of his retirement plan. What's wrong with this? Why should this man be called foolish from God's perspective? Isn't this a wise thing to save and prepare for the future? Regarding the farmer's foolishness, Bible scholar William Barclay, the prominent uh, New Testament scholar, noted in his commentary that this farmer never saw beyond himself. That was first error that he made. He never looked beyond himself. As they talked about Methodism's founder John Wesley, you know, John Wesley at Oxford, he had an income of 30 British pounds a year, 30 pounds a year. And he lived on 28 pounds, gave two away. When his income went up to 60 pounds and 90 pounds and 100 pounds a year. He still lived on 28 and gave the rest away. Through this parable, Jesus challenges us to ask ourselves in what practical ways we look beyond ourselves. When you evaluate, make changes to your standard of living, think about in what ways you can grow reach toward God. As a pastor, I'm always inspired by those in our church who serve God even more actively after their retirement. And I make, I'm asking myself, you know, I'm going to be retiring in probably in 20 years. And could I do that after my retirement? What would it mean for me to retire from ministry? I'm asking those questions. And these people are the ones who help me understand what my retirement life should look like. As a pastor, Billy Graham, said at the verge of his retirement, retirement should not put us on the shelf. We should use this time in our lives to rest from our labors, but lift up others who are carrying the heavy loads. It's the words of Billy Graham. And the second point retirement here is also metaphorical. It also refers to the ultimate retirement of I mean from our life which is death. And for Christian death, for Christian death is not the um, end of the story, it's the beginning of a new story. So another foolishness of the rich farmer is that he never saw beyond this world. Before Jesus blabbed his disciples, Jesus, his, his disciples were troubled by the fact that his, their beloved teacher, Jesus, will be killed. And remember what Jesus told them? Do not let your heart be troubled. I'm going to prepare a place for you. And we'll be back to get you there. For a Christian... Mortality, death is no longer something to be afraid of. It's a reality to take seriously. As we look to the future as Christians, we need to take seriously this ultimate retirement. As Jesus reminds us through the story, we are the investors. We should grow, reach toward God by the way we give. I want to invite you to think about this, friends. In what ways are you planning and living for the time when the world's material possession will no longer matter to you? Plan retirement. Again, this retirement, in a metaphorical sense, not just the retirement from your job, retirement from your life. What are the things you can do to plan the retirement? And grow reach toward God. The finally the I S I P S I talked about I P now S start small. So start small. The financial advisors would say that the earlier you start investing, the more secure financial future you could potentially build over time. Even small contribution, as little as five dollars at a time. And add up over the years these days you know people make different uh, platforms to make investments even using the uh, s- uh, smartphone applications to uh, make investment which makes it easy to invest without feeling the financial peach in the same ways you might have greater goals and hopes reflected in your investment policy statement and as christians it's important to have them but what's more important is to start putting your plans into action. As you begin, the goals might be, sound like unrealistic, overwhelming, but what you can do is to start small, to start small. When it comes to goal in our Christian IPS investment policy, I would like to invite you to consider a 10-10-80 plan. 10-10-80 plan. Suggested by the pastor James Harnish in his book, Earn, Save, Give. So the 10% for God, 10% for the future, and and, uh, especially for the unexpected unexpected needs of the future, and 80% to live on with gratitude and joy. So it's simple as that. 10% of our income goes to God's work in this world through the church. It's called a tithe. It's an ultimate expression of our faith that all that we have, all that we are, belongs to God. It's an act of spiritual disciplines that helps us organize our lives, our resources around our commitment to God. I understand 10% might sound like an impossible goal for some of you, at this time due to your financial circumstances. And please know God knows your heart. God understands your situation. But I would invite you to consider take a step toward tithing every year. Start small. In your bulletin, there is a pledge card. You could take a look. Um, There is a new pledge card for this year, for the next year, 2023. I want to invite you to um, take time to pray about God's calling in your life and discern about your giving and generosity for our church. Encourage you to take time as an individual and family to fill in the form and turn it on Commitment Sunday, which is next Sunday, October 30th. Again, we can start small. invite you to look at your current giving, and determine what percentage of your income you're offering to God at this point, then consider raising that amount by at least 1% or 0.5% if you like. By doing so, you are moving toward the goal. And you are growing your financial commitment to God and to this wonderful community of faith. Remember, you're making a statement about what matters in your life by the way you give by the way you love. As we are making a deeper commitment to Christ, I invite you to prayerfully consider what God is calling you to do in your commitment to financial giving and what percentage of your income you feel God is calling you to give today. We know money is a currency of this world, this earthly kingdom, but this we know when we get to the Lord, when we get to the heaven, we won't need money or credit card because heaven's only currency is love, and that's how we'll be, we will be measured by God. So friends, as you go forth, I want, to consider, I, I want to invite you to consider IPS. I represented what? Invest in the life and face of your children. P, plan retirement. S, start small. Let us continue to give by loving. Let us continue to love by giving. Amen?